let's shift into wellness. I'm your host, Amber Patchla, wellness advocate, food lover, oils enthusiast, and lover of life. In this podcast, we will touch on all things wellness and journey together to become our healthiest and strongest selves in body, mind, and spirit. Join me and my amazing guests every Tuesday for your dose of positivity and overall health tips. Thanks so much for being here with me. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Shift Into Wellness, and thanks so much for being here again. My hope with this podcast is to educate, present ideas and solutions, and to, at the very least, get the wheels turning for listeners when it comes to their own health and wellness. Because of the diversity in everyone's interests, issues, and curiosities around health and wellness, we're going to cover a vast amount of topics here. Today is a big one, and one that seems to be pretty prominent right now, burnout. How many of you feel burnt out, or at least know someone who does? Burnout got me thinking that there must be a solution, or at least some way to address and heal it. I started following Jenna Schiller on a friend's recommendation this year, and I knew she was the right person to converse with about this very topic. Jenna is a registered holistic nutritionist whose program is literally called Burnout to Bliss. It doesn't get much better than that when it comes to broaching this topic. I love her honest approach and transparency, even on social media. And I can't wait to hear what she has to say today. And I hope we all get some key takeaways to avoiding or at least healing burnout. Welcome, Jenna. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive on in. Me too. And this is our first time actually meeting each other via Zoom. Um, like I said, I feel like I kind of know you just from following you and reading up on uh, on your website. But um, I think that you have a, a lot of great information to share with everybody. So uh, thanks for being here and let's just dive right into her. So Jenna, burnout. Burnout is a word that is coming up often and we hear it a lot right now. So can you t- just tell us what exactly burnout is? Yes. Okay. Well, so many of us are oh, just walking around doing everyday life just feeling tired. Like we, mm. we think that being tired is normal because it's common because so many of us are experiencing it. And I'd say that being tired is probably the number one complaint that I actually see from my clients in my practice. Mm. Everybody needs help with their low energy levels. And we actually don't know how tired we are until we experience what it feels like to feel our best, like to actually be able to wake up with energy. It's the same thing. You know, when you get sick and you always say, I didn't appreciate how I felt when I was healthy until I felt sick. And it's the exact same thing with our energy levels. Mm. We have no idea where we actually are or how low our energy levels are until we feel like what it feels, what it feels like to wake up every single morning and be able to have the energy to get you through the day and to not have to have 18 coffees and three afternoon naps and, and be able to go to bed at the right time at night and fall asleep right away. Like everything is related to being tired. So we know that we live in a society where 
we think we've kind of internalized this belief that being tired most of the time is just part of our life. Or I hear people say this all the time that being tired and experiencing burnout is just the price that you have to pay for being successful. Like we (laughs) think that this is just part of the hustle. Like this is just part of me achieving what I'm supposed to achieve in life and burning out is part of the journey. Everybody does it. And then we reach for caffeine or sugar or energy drinks Mm -hmm. or any of those supplements. And that's why there's such a huge market for like Red Bull and Monster and those five hour Mm. energy shots and like all of those outside fixes that we're looking for. And then we're stocking the bathroom cupboard with like concealer and all the products to hide (laughs) the evidence of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the under eye makeup, like that's such a huge, huge industry so that we just don't look as tired as we feel. And I think that we, we believe that being tired every single day is just a part of life. It's a part of, of today's reality and Mm -hmm. it's not true at all. And the actual definition of burnout is essentially just kind of being in this state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by prolonged stress. So if you're Mm. feeling overwhelmed or if you feel maybe emotionally drained especially with the year that we just had 2020 and first half of 2021, everybody's feeling emotionally drained and we just feel like we can't necessarily meet those constant everyday demands of our day-to-day life. And I always say to clients that there's a spectrum for burnout. So we've got some people on the lower end. So maybe it's like full blown exhaustion and it's Mm. affecting your everyday life and you're waking up with zero energy or maybe you're more so in the middle. And so maybe it's like mild tiredness and you notice that you're tired, but Mm -hmm. it's not consuming your thoughts of every second. And then on the total opposite end, we have more so like maybe you follow a relatively healthy, like nutrition lifestyle routine and you don't notice exhaustion as much, but when you are tired, maybe you can relate that back to having a poor night's sleep or maybe you had a meal that was out of your routine so what Mm -hmm. I do with all my new clients coming on is we actually rate your energy levels on a scale of one to ten so one would be you cannot pull yourself out of bed and then ten would be you're like the energizer bunny Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. so I want everybody listening right now to like actually start by rating yourself just see where you okay scale on a level of one to 10. What about you, Amber? Where do you land? I think I'm pretty, I think high, I guess. I, I, I mean, I mean, my situation is slightly different, but however, if you had have asked me this in like, you know, February when I was working at a ski club in the middle of the pandemic, I would have rated myself like a friggin' three or four right now, like nine or 10, truly. That's amazing. That's yeah. so great. And yeah. so you, you would have experienced this too. And what I want listeners to know is that fatigue and burnout, like they sound harmless. Oh, I'm just a little bit tired. Like, that's fine. I can be tired. That's okay. But there's a huge ripple effect that goes with fatigue and burnout. And science actually proved this, that people that are really tired tend to make poor food decisions and overall life decisions and then their fatigue gets worse and they're not even aware and then the more tired we are the worse our choices are the worse our choices the more tired we are and it's just this huge vicious cycle and so 
what happens when you move up the energy scale? Like, let's say somebody writes themselves as a four right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of months from now, they've really implemented this diet and lifestyle routine where now they're at an eight or a nine. What they'll find with this ripple effect is that everything in life gets better. Like your relationships get better. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You have more energy to be together with like your friends and your family. And you're also a better person when you're around. Yes. Mood wise and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And maybe you're a better son or daughter and your business can thrive. Or maybe you're a better employee. Like mm-hmm. when you get to the root cause of what's draining your energy and you fix it, like everything in your life gets better. Fascinating. Yeah, such such a simple, <laughs> such a simple resolve. It sounds like, but but it's not simple, obviously. No. Or so many people wouldn't be feeling it. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you know a lot about it. So, did you personally experience burnout or something like it? Is that what led you to specialize this in this? So I did grow up feeling tired all the time. I wouldn't necessarily classify it as intense burnout. Mm-hmm. I think I was able to kind of recognize before I got to that point and change my habits and my lifestyle, but I definitely was always exhausted. Mm. And I always say like, I grew up in this really conventional middle-class Canadian family in a small town and we ate just what everyone else was eating. Like we ate a decent mix of really healthy things like fruits and vegetables and, um, like clean eating, I would say, but then we had a lot of like cold cut sandwiches and fruit roll-ups. Yeah. 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 yeah, Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Such, such a mix of everything. And I don't believe in demonizing any food. Like there's nothing wrong with any of those foods. All Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get the point across is that we can optimize how we feel based on the choices that we make. So that's the only reason why I bring up some foods over other foods. Mm -hmm, Of course. Yeah. Yeah, But it wasn't until I started, I was probably around like nine, 10, 11 years old. And I started getting all these like really weird autoimmune reactions out of nowhere. So I had random skin rashes, random swelling on all my joints and doctors told me that I had arthritis. And then a few years later, I had really bad acne in my early teens. And I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it was just kind of like one thing after. Oh, wow. But what I noticed looking back now is that not one person out of all the specialists I saw, the different doctors, not one person talked to me about what I was eating. Nobody mentioned nutrition. Like that's crazy, Jenna. I know. Yes. It's it's crazy. So nothing changed in my life then because I never thought about nutrition and I didn't change what was on my plate. I didn't change my lifestyle. I just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. I love that saying. And yes, yeah, I figured I was just going to feel kind of like generally unwell for the rest of my life. And this is just life. And then it wasn't until my later teens and early twenties when I was in university, I just started feeling like worse and worse and worse. And I remember specifically having a 10 a.m. class on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I could not, for the life of me, get out of bed to make this 10 a.m. class. And this is my early 20s. Like, aren't you supposed to be super young and vibrant and have the most (laughs) energy of your life? Like, I was so exhausted. And I was actually worried about 
graduating from university and like how am I going to get a real job when you have to show up at 8 a.m which still yeah. that early that's something it's, that shouldn't even be crossing your mind right yeah mm-hmm. it's crazy so I had more blood tests and saw more doctors and I was told mm-hmm. that I was allergic to gluten and dairy and I thought hmm, I wonder if everything I've experienced up until now all of those other weird things I was experiencing as a kid maybe it actually doesn't have to do with the gluten and the dairy maybe there's a bigger picture happening here So that's when I started working with a naturopath because I wanted to figure out a little bit more. I wanted to dive a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And she was the first person to talk to me about food and teach me that everything I put on my plate affected how I felt. And that's when everything changed. That was the spark that was lit inside of me and kind of just set me out on this path. And I've never looked back. And I'm sure that so many people listening to this can resonate with just feeling tired all the time and maybe (laughs) that story and we just believe this is it this is normal this is the way we're gonna feel and waking up tired and pushing through the day this is what the rest of my life looks like but I just want everyone to know that it doesn't have to be this way like you do not have to wake up and feel like you have to push through like there is a whole other life waiting for you when you can actually get to the root cause of how you're feeling and fix it like so many doors open in life. Yeah. And then what do you say to people that say that's easier said than done? Because I know I'm going to have some listeners that are moms with jobs, with partners, with jobs, with kids that are being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. Like it's, but what we're going to get to that. But, but my, I guess my question is to you, everybody can heal from it. Right. It's not just like the person that isn't currently working. It is like that busy, busy ass mom. She also has the opportunity to heal and to not be exhausted all the time and just feel better. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I would say to your question, the person that has such an overwhelming life, maybe like three kids at home and she's a CEO and she has to have dinner on the table every night, like whatever that looks like step-by-step, like one habit at a time, just one thing that you're adding to your day. Maybe it's as little as changing up what you're eating for breakfast because that person is eating breakfast regardless. So maybe it's just changing what you're actually putting on your plate and that one habit alone compounded. Maybe we're adding something else in a few weeks and something else in a few weeks. And that's where the change happens. One habit at a time. Yes. I just had this exact conversation with another, um, another nutritionist who said the same thing. It's, it's one step at a time. Right. And I'm, and I'm even as I'm, um, studying on, on studying health and and nutrition and and health coaching, that's exactly what they're teaching. It's like small, small actions. Right. And I think everybody looks at the bigger picture and gets scared and, and doesn't really realize that you can start with the smallest of the smallest of things, right? Like exactly that, like eating a good breakfast or eating breakfast at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or maybe um, it's something as simple as an extra serving of vegetables with dinner. Like it's, mm-hmm. li- I'll go into detail as to like how that helps, but okay. it's the littlest things like the small steps over time make the biggest difference on how we feel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a couple of things, I just want to go back to like, we just did. So 
we you you had sort of said the the definition of what burnout is and we know that burnout is essentially exhaustion mm-hmm. is burnout a diagnosis like is this an actual you know is it an actual diagnosis and how do people know that it's burnout and they they didn't have a just a bad sleep for example yeah so it is a specific diagnosis so there's something called adrenal burnout or mm-hmm. you might have heard of adrenal dysfunction which are essentially the same thing. Adrenal fatigue, I hear a lot. Yes, that as well. And so that those would all be like the diagnosis terms for burnout, but it doesn't necessarily always have to do with the adrenals. Like that is the definition when we've had really high, a really high level of output of cortisol for a prolonged period of time under tons of stress. That's when our adrenals will start burning out or not producing enough cortisol at all anymore. And that's kind of the umbrella term for burnout. Okay. It's not just about the adrenals. There are a lot of other things that are contributing to burnout and exhaustion. And so I I always talk about the three major hormonal superheroes when it comes to our energy levels. And that would be insulin, cortisol, and thyroid. So all three Mm. of those are super closely connected and all three of them have the biggest impact on our energy levels. Awesome. Okay. And you hear about, I mean, thyroid and women, especially like. Yeah, it's big. Often. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and you asked what it looks like. So I'll just quickly add that it, the few symptoms would be um, craving sweets and sugar or craving salt, or maybe you're just feeling like generally overwhelmed, irritable, feeling tired and wired at the same time. So that would be Mm. if you're absolutely exhausted, but you can't fall asleep or maybe trouble staying asleep. So maybe you do fall asleep, but you're waking up every few hours. Yes. Yeah. I hear this from people all the time that I know. Absolutely. Like I'm exhausted. I can't fall asleep is a huge one. And then the second one is like, I woke up at two, three in the morning. I couldn't fall back asleep, you know, and then they're friggin' knackered. And I mean, it's happened to me for sure. I think it's probably happened to everybody at some point, but for that to continuously happen, like how can you function normally the next day? You're exhausted, right? It's so true. Yeah. So if anyone resonates with those, then maybe it's time to support yourself a little bit with burnout. A hundred percent. Um. So one of the so one of the questions I was going to ask you today is sort of like you could call me Captain Obvious, but wh- <laughs> why do you believe burnout is so prevalent today? <laughs> I feel like there's so many things that contribute to that, and I I always say like if I asked ten people if they feel like they should have more energy, I think nine out of 10 or maybe 10 out of 10. I don't know. I should actually Mm -hmm. do this experiment Mm -hmm. with yes, we need more energy. So a couple of reasons. I think that we as a society are just constantly pushing ourselves. We got to work harder. We got to perform better. We have to get more done in a day Mm -hmm. and we got to be the best at everything. And we got to put in these long hours and I got to be the best wife or partner and the best CEO and push myself. And I do believe that there is a time and a place for pushing ourselves to improve, but we also need to prioritize rest. And the biggest problem is that when we rest, we feel like we're behind. And so we're not giving ourselves that grace to be able to rest and replenish our energy stores. And I do believe as much as I use social media as a tool to get information out there, 
I do believe that social media is a big culprit of this because we're playing the comparison game and we're saying, well, she can do it all. Like she's juggling, she's a mom and she runs a business and she cooks dinner every night and she's caught up on laundry. Like how can she do it? But I can't do it. And so I feel like the comparison game really contributes to burnout as well. Yeah. The comparison and half of that's bullshit too. Like, you know, like a lot of people just put on the positives on social media and you don't see the negatives and totally that drives me a bit nuts too. Like people are, cause there are people that are comparing themselves to that super mom who maybe has 10 nannies in the background that you don't see, or I don't know, which is, which is also totally fine, but like, don't pretend you're doing it, you know? Yeah, 100%. The highlight yeah. reel, it kills us. <laughs> it totally, yeah, it, it can. Yeah. And I love social yeah. media for many reasons. Um, like you said, you can you can really put great information out there and you can meet people like you through it and, and things like that. But you're right about the comparison game and mm-hmm. it's kind of sad. And, uh, and I thought that, I mean, my Captain Obvious, I thought you were going to say it's the pandemic, but I guess it was like <laughs> even before the pandemic that this was happening. It's just yeah. our society, right? And it's just getting worse and worse. I think like there's just more and more pressure. And then uh, there's also the food system. Like that's a totally different reason on its own and marketing mm. for these big food corporations. Like mm. I, I always talk with my clients about blood sugar imbalance. It's pretty much the number one thing that I see that's contributing to exhaustion as well. And that kind of starts with what we're eating for breakfast. Like we were just talking about habits. So like what we're actually fueling ourselves up for the day. And these big marketing corporations are so smart. So think about a company like Kellogg's and how they use top Olympic athletes on their cereal boxes. <laughs> so you're eating Frosted Flakes for breakfast and there's an Olympian on the box and you're thinking, oh yeah, like I can be an Olympian too because I'm eating Frosted Flakes for breakfast. But we're not realizing the repercussions of our blood sugar spikes and then the crashes and the insulin levels and then children that are eating these things for breakfast. Like we're not giving ourselves enough of the raw materials that our body needs for just basic health and survival. Like we need protein, we need fiber, we need fat, we need vitamins and minerals. And we're not necessarily getting that from a breakfast of frosted flakes, but we think we are because we want to be like that Olympian. And also because our society is in such a rush, go, go, go type of mindset, we've built this entire food system marketed towards busy people, the people yes. that come and go. So we've got our drive throughs what healthy things do you find in a drive-thru and we've got quick snack bars and we've got energy drinks and just everything that sets us up on this blood sugar roller coaster for the day instead mm-hmm. of crashing and we don't know why we have cravings but we're biologically hardwired to feel absolutely exhausted when our blood sugar is crashing and then that signals to our brain to actually start craving sugar because our blood sugar is low so we want to go back up that blood sugar roller coaster by craving sugar and then it's just this vicious cycle of eating and crashing and craving and all of it just leads to exhaustion yeah and you hear about the night snacking a lot right and and a lot of and a lot of people that are ones that are saying they're tired or not it's like I have dinner and then I just I snack before bed it's like why and really like you don't want to be spiking I wouldn't think your blood sugar right before bed right if you want a restful sleep and that's actually one of the reasons why so many people are waking up in the middle of the night so if you're having let's say it's 
a bunch of cookies at 9 p.m. and you're going to bed at 10, when your blood sugar starts crashing at maybe it's midnight or 1 a.m., you're biologically hardwired to wake up because your body is now in fight or flight, like your cortisol Mm. was spiked. And now your cortisol is waking you up saying, my blood sugar's low. I need some more sugar. So wake up. It's time to feed me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back quickly because I just thought this was, this was so cool. It has nothing to do with burnout, but when you were talking about Kellogg's and, and athletes, did you see Cristiano Ronaldo? Yes. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty big deal. I was talking to to my partner Tobin and I was like, you know, it's pretty wild that Ronaldo did that because Coke is like a massive sponsor, you know, and for him, but, and that's Tobe goes, yeah, but it, you know, it's terrible for an athlete. And I was like, that's the whole point. Like when he pushed it away and says agua, people are like, holy shit. Like I, sugar isn't good for athletes. I don't want it either. Maybe, you know, yeah. and I just thought that was such a strong message. Like, for kids, I don't know if he got in too. shit for it, but yes, for, for kids and people that look up to him, you know, and in Europe, you know, like football, soccer is life. So I just, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so so blood sugar, yeah. Let's just go right into nutrition then. Like what okay. role can nutrition play in recovering from burnout? Because you've brought it up multiple times. So how do you, um, once you've like, you know, put put the rating, once you and your, and your, and your client have rated where they're at, yeah. Um, how do you determine um, the role that nutrition is going to play? Because it must be a little bit different from person to person, I would think. It is totally. And yeah. so what do you do? So in my program specifically, I send out this questionnaire to clients and they basically rate all of their symptoms on a scale of one to three. So they put zero, one, two, or three beside all of these symptoms. And then when I add them up on my end, I can actually see which body system needs support. So are we getting too much of something? Are we not getting enough of something? That could be um, not enough protein, which could be affecting our muscular system, or maybe it's not enough fat, which could be affecting our hormones. And I just want to start by saying as well that our body's natural state is to actually be healthy and balanced. And so many of us have over the course of our lifetime, lost trust with our bodies that our natural state is a state of health. And I just want to remind people that our bodies were actually designed to function optimally and in balance when we're getting the nutrients that we need. Like our bodies don't want to be, Mm. we don't want to be out of balance. And our bodies are working 24 seven to get us back into homeostasis, which is just essentially a state of balance. But the kicker is our bodies can only do that if we're actually giving ourselves the right food that's going to nourish us. So like we need the vitamins and the minerals and the protein, carbs, fiber, fat, lots of water, like we need it all. And I think one of the main issues, especially with nutrition is that not all of us are giving our bodies the raw materials that we need to create Mm -hmm. and to thrive. And so like, instead, maybe we're bombarding our body with these inferior grade fuels so like frosted flakes, for example, and <laughs> then our body is forced to basically just take some desperate measures to actually conserve, conserve energy production to keep everything on track. So nutrition is huge. 
It is huge. And I know I said earlier about blood sugar. It, it is the number one thing that I see in my clients is how blood sugar imbalances kind of increase cortisol and insulin. And they're, they're creating these spikes and these crashes. And what's so interesting is actually there was this study done out of Harvard and it fed children oatmeal or an omelet. And it was the mm-hmm. same calories for the oatmeal and the omelet for these mm-hmm. children. And what they found was, well, first of all, we think that oatmeal is going to be healthy, right? Because it's not a donut for breakfast. Like it's yeah. not sugar, right? So this was really interesting. What happened was that the children that had the oatmeal for breakfast, their blood sugar and insulin went up, which they expected. But what they didn't expect was that their cortisol and their adrenaline skyrocketed. So it actually, they had a stress response. The kids that ate the oatmeal perceived it as a stress and they were hungrier afterwards and they wanted more food and the kids Mm. that ate the omelet it didn't happen so what we know then is that starch and sugar create a biological stress response in the body which is so fascinating and now i i always say 80 20 with everything like 80 20 is my motto 80 percent of the time eat well 24 percent of the time like we need to like live a little and have fun but if we could add protein and fat to that oatmeal, for example, that would slow down the blood sugar spike and the insulin response. And it would lower the cortisol response that our body had. It wouldn't necessarily perceive it as the same stressor. So there are so many just little things that we can do in our diet to mitigate the stress response on our body and support our adrenals and our thyroid and our insulin as well, which like I said before, the three biggest superheroes. And then Another huge thing that's actually only coming out recently is the gut microbiome and how much attention it's gaining about what it has to do with our energy levels. So essentially, like the cold notes version is that there are thousands of different species that make up these like trillions of bacteria that live in our gut microbiome. And some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And what we eat either feeds the good ones or the bad ones. So it Mm -hmm. depends on what we eat. So we're feeding one or the other to thrive in our gut microbiome. So most of us have heard of probiotics. Most of us have heard of prebiotics. And prebiotics are what feeds the good bacteria in our body. But what has come out in just the last few years is this new player called postbiotics. I don't Mm. know if you've heard me talk about this on my page at all yet, Mm -hmm. but... It is fascinating. So essentially what happens is when the good gut bacteria in our microbiome digest the food that they need to eat, they send off this gas-like byproduct and it's called a postbiotic. So it's in our gut microbiome. It's kind of this gas that the good bacteria is releasing when they're eating the food they need to eat. And it's, I like to think of it as like a text message that the good bacteria is then sending to our body systems. So specifically the mitochondria in our cells, I'm going back to like high school science here, but mm, <laughs> mitochondria, great. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones that they live in almost every single cell in the body. And they're the ones that actually make the energy in our cells. So what's happening then is our gut bacteria are constantly chatting with our mitochondria and they're telling them, if things are good and if they've eaten and gotten the food that they need, then they're telling our mitochondria, they're sending them text messages to keep making energy, like keep the energy stores going. Like we've got lots of fuel down here. Like we're good. We've been fed. But if 
things aren't good in the gut microbiome, if our good bacteria haven't gotten the food that they need, if we're just eating a bunch of like lower fuel type sources, I would say, then our mitochondria send the message, oh, sorry, our, our good bacteria send the message to our mitochondria saying, slow down energy production. Like we got to reserve this. Things aren't right down here. Like we haven't been fed. So don't make as much energy. So our gut bacteria is literally giving instructions to our body and our mitochondria, whether to either produce energy or hold it back and use it elsewhere. So then the question is what's actually feeding them? Like what food did they eat? <laughs> no, that is fiber from vegetables. And so I want all of my clients and the people that I see to start adding a variety of colors and mm-hmm. types of vegetables to their diet to feed their gut microbiome and to just continuously be telling our mitochondria to turn up the energy making. And there was a really interesting study done out of the States called the NHANES study. And I, I, it was the States, but like, I always think Canada is basically the same anyway. So even though this was done down there, I just equate it to being. Yeah. Too. Yeah. They looked at the intake of fruits and vegetables across the American population. And what they found, and this is so fascinating, is that only 14% of the American population were getting their daily intake of vegetables. And and the daily intake that they were measuring was actually on the lower end. It was only five servings, which now mm, the recommendations are more like eight to 10 to even 12 or more Mm. servings of vegetables total. So five is definitely on the lower end, but they found only 14% of the population was getting enough, which is mind crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. And so one of my biggest tips, like just the smallest thing that you can add to your day to help increase your energy is just have a source of vegetable at every meal. Like there are so many people, unfortunately, that aren't including vegetables at lunch or dinner or breakfast for that. Mm-hmm. So for that really busy mom that's trying to juggle everything and she's thinking, I can't change anything on my plate. Like I'm just going to be burnt out forever. There's nothing I can do. This is one of the small habits. Like she's making dinner anyway, or she's making breakfast anyway. Just change what's on your plate. We're adding, we're not taking anything away. We're just mm-hmm. adding food to your plate. One vegetable at a time, one meal at a time. So fiber is, is huge. And then you, you said, um, would you say that a mix is good? Like you want protein, fat, veggies, you know, carbs at every meal? Yeah. Protein, fat, and fiber are the three things that you want to have at every meal. That's Mm -hmm. what's really going to slow down the blood sugar response and the insulin response. And so you're not going up that blood sugar roller coaster because as soon as you go up, you're going to come down and that's Mm. that crash that we want to avoid. Awesome. Okay. That's super, that's super helpful because people are still afraid of carbs or they're afraid of fat or they're afraid of this, that, and the other. So it's always good to hear from, from, from nutritionists that we need all of them, right? Like, we do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so nutrition obviously is extremely important. Um, what other lifestyle changes can help? Like, you know, things that I think about movement, hydration, sleep. Mm -hmm. Can you touch on anything like that? Yeah. So hydration is super important as well. What I suggest is that people actually drink half their body weight in ounces every day. Mm -hmm. So if let's say somebody weighs 140 pounds, that could be 70 ounces. So that'd be roughly two liters of water every day. So that would be 
minimum of what your body's requirements are daily. If I know you're very much into detoxifying the body. So if somebody's detoxifying, I would always add probably another liter to whatever that is plus a liter so that we can make sure we're moving things out of the body as well through our detoxification system. But exercise as well is very important. The only thing I talk about with burnout though, when it comes to exercise is that if somebody is experiencing burnout or adrenal fatigue or just exhaustion, or they're just living a very high stress lifestyle at the moment, I don't necessarily want to contribute to the stress levels on the body by Mm -hmm. doing like five intense HIIT workouts a week. I think that can do more harm than good. So what Mm -hmm. I would suggest then is um, more so like gentle, regular exercise, like a morning walk. or Like low impact. Yeah. Yeah. Like yoga or a little bike ride in the sun or Mm -hmm. like anything in the fresh air. I think hit specifically the high intensity interval training that just adds more stress to the body. And that's kind of the last thing we want to do when we're really working on just helping your cortisol levels and balancing everything out. So it's not that you can't do hit ever again for the rest of your life. It's just saying like, let's support your body to balance out again. Yes. And when you're more so imbalanced, you can go back to that. Yes. I love that because yeah, low impact um, exercise. I've I've sort of switched from extremely high to uh, to lower, and um, for me personally, it's done. It's been very very good, um, and I still do some high impact exercise. Um, but it's 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 also changing your mindset around that, right? Because it's sometimes it's hard, especially as someone who loves CrossFit as much as I do, or you know that you don't have to necessarily kill yourself five days a week to see results and you can do some yoga and Pilates and, you know, maybe for those burnout people that are experienced burnout and feel they don't have a lot of time that, that just that movement alone could, could help, right? Like the going for a walk with their kid and their dog or doing a 20 minute little yoga flow in the morning or before bed, like any sort of movement, right? It's moving their body, but it's also, helping their cortisol levels come down a little bit as well, which is Mm. just by getting that natural sunlight or that fresh air by walking the dog. Like you said, like that is more of a relaxing effect on the body than doing an intense CrossFit session. Super, super beneficial to change the mindset a little bit and just give yourself the grace and the freedom to slow down a little bit while you're still healing. Yes. I love it. Okay. And, and people yeah. need to hear that um, yeah. for sure. And then what, if, yeah, be gentle. Exactly. And listen to your body, right? That's something yeah. that keeps coming up. Listen to your body, listen to your body. Um, <laughs> and then I would, I would think that sleep would be extremely important. Big time. Yes. So, so. another thing I always talk about is our circadian rhythm and essentially the biggest tip that I give is to get natural sunlight first thing in the morning. So as soon as you wake up, if it's, I mean, we live in Canada, so it's a lot easier (laughs) in the spring, summer and early fall. But um, if we can go outside and actually step into the sun, that's incredible. If it's a winter day or if it's more of a cloudy day, if we can just go to the window as soon as we wake up and get some natural sunlight, that makes a big difference as well. So we all basically have a natural circadian rhythm, 24 hour internal clock. It it's what signals the release of cortisol and melatonin and both are naturally occurring hormones in the body. So 
cortisol gets a really bad rap, especially when we're talking about burnout and adrenal fatigue, but Mm -hmm. our bodies actually do need a small amount of cortisol to function. So it's, it's that get up and go feeling that we all want in the morning. That's that natural hit of cortisol that we actually need. And our brain functions with cortisol as well. Like our body does need small amounts of cortisol. The biggest problem in our society is that we're getting too much. So that's what's leading to burnout. But we do want to have small amounts. So with our circadian rhythm, what happens is we want our cortisol levels to be the highest in the morning and then to gradually decline throughout the day. And then around nighttime, when the sun goes down, when it's getting dark, that's when our melatonin would naturally start increasing to help put us to bed. That's that like fall asleep hormone. But for those of us that are experiencing burnout, what's happening is we might have flipped circadian rhythm. So that would look like you're waking up in the morning with really low cortisol levels. You just can't get out of bed. You're waking up groggy, tired. And then as the day goes on, cortisol is getting higher and higher and the work day is happening. Emails are coming in. The boss needs you like our cortisol (laughs) at their peak. So that's the issue. We want it to be highest in the morning and then come down. But what's happening for so many of us is it's lowest in the morning and just going straight up. So what happens then is there's still so much cortisol in our system at nighttime that our melatonin can't be naturally produced then. So then we can't get to sleep and we're tossing and we're turning. And when we do finally get to sleep, when the cortisol finally does level out a little bit, our melatonin is peaking at, it could be 4am or 5am. And then we're getting an hour or, or an hour later to start the whole day over. And the problem is, and we've got so much leftover melatonin in our system, that's what's making us wake up so exhausted and groggy. So the simple act of getting some natural sunlight in the morning, what happens is the light goes into our eyes, into our penile gland in the brain, and it signals to the brain to actually start breaking up any of the leftover melatonin, which is so cool that our bodies do this now. Mm, totally. It's, yeah, it signals to start spiking cortisol a little bit as well. So then we have that get up and go feeling. So that is my simplest tip to be able to just regulate our circadian rhythm a little bit and give us a little bit more energy for the day. So, yeah, I think about this circadian rhythm. So is that also like signals you, you know, when it's time for bed and when it's time to get up in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. All about. It's interesting because I go to bed extremely early in the winter, like eight o'clock right after Jeopardy. And now it's uh, now it's summer and I'm like, ooh, it's 930 because it's still light out. So I don't think it's (laughs) bedtime. It's true. Your melatonin hasn't Very cool. Yeah. So we know that, yeah, sleep is, sleep's important on, on fricking every level. Um, it is. Yeah. And, and so many people struggle with it, which is, which is kind of sad. So, so I feel like you've given us some of this information, but I just want to talk a little bit about your personal burnout to bliss program. Mm-hmm. Just tell us a little bit about it and your approach. Like you don't have to tell us everything, obviously, but uh, we know that you, you know, you do like a sort of questionnaire survey with, with um, potential clients to sort of see, gauge where they're at. And then what happens? Yeah. So it's a six week program with weekly one-on-one calls with me. So what I do is I meet you wherever you are in life. So I meet you where you're at. We 
determine your starting energy levels, and then we'll aim to increase them over the course of the six weeks by building one sustainable habit each week, depending mm. on how well people are doing. Sometimes we might add a couple of extra yeah. habits, but I always say we just start with one. So we keep it as easy to implement as possible. And we figure out which body systems need balance. So we'll be going through things like um, the adrenals, cortisol, the stuff that we talked about today, Mm -hmm. blood sugar levels, insulin. We do the gut microbiome, um, our built-in detoxification system, our thyroid health, our metabolism, pretty much everything. Wow. Yeah. We go through everything. And each week we focus on one topic that the client needs some support with balancing and we create one healthy habit that's going to be implemented for that week. So it's, I like to call it drip feeding. Like I drip feed clients weekly habits because I never Mm want to overwhelm somebody with here's 12 new habits after our first session and go. Yeah. 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 So it's slow. It's week by week. An example is, um, we always start by talking about insulin because it is something that most people need some support with. So, what we do is our first week might our first habit might look like just mastering breakfast. So breakfast is like 33% of your day. So if we just master a good that sets you up with stable energy for the day, then we're not spiking our blood sugar and our insulin. And then you're not crashing into lunch and then you don't have cravings and then you're not hangry. So then you have (laughs) the mental capacity to make some better choices all day long and to not feel like you need a nap. And honestly, my clients are totally different people when they realize they don't feel like they need that afternoon coffee anymore. They don't feel like they need that nap around 11 or 3 p.m. when they have that slump. So every week, we just essentially build on a new habit that fits each individual's lifestyle. And at the end, I have my clients rate their energy scores again. So we see yeah. where they up and they're equipped with all these new skills and these tools that they need to continue this journey. And it's sustainable for their own life. And so my whole premise is that we are only focusing on giving the body what it needs. Like we're just giving the body all the raw materials that the body needs to feel your best. And we're not giving up anything. We're not restricting. We're not dieting. We're not cutting anything out. We are only focusing on adding the right foods to your foods that we need And then once we give our body what we want, or sorry, what we need, then we can have what we want. So my whole approach is 80-20, one habit at a time. We're just adding the things that we need before we have what we want. And so that way, if we are rushing home from work and we're starving, if we have the habit in place that maybe we have a meal in the fridge waiting for us to warm up and it's protein, fiber, and fat, and we have that first... We have that, maybe we have like a box of Oreos in the cupboard, which we want to reach for. But if we, if we put the habits into place that we've set ourselves up for success and we have that meal first and you still want the Oreos afterwards, that's totally fine. Go for it. I want you to have the Oreos if you want the Oreos, but you're not going to eat the entire package because you just gave your body protein, fiber, and fat and the nutrients and the vitamins and the macronutrients that you actually need. So your body's happy now. So maybe you'll have two Oreos and then you won't want any more. <laughs> you gave your body what it needed before you gave yourself what you want. You're satiated ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And do you find, do you find you, do you get, do you get any uh, pushback? Like, I feel like most people that come to these programs, 
uh, or to a health coach or to a nutritionist or to a naturopath, like they're there for a reason, right? And you're, and the, and people are spending their good money, their hard earned money, but there has to be some people that are looking for an easy fix. So do you ever find that you have any clients who just, they don't want to put in the work? <laughs> yeah. Or they're like, I, you know, okay. You told me to eat you know, fibrous vegetables, you know, this week and Mm -hmm. they just can't be bothered. Do you get that often? Or would you say that it's more, you see more success in people that are really like ready to give her? I honestly see more success. I feel like the people that come to me are ready to make this change. They just want to feel their best. And the reason that we always start with blood sugar and insulin in our first week is that once they start feeling better within that first week, like that is <laughs> the soonest. So when you start feeling like you have a little bit more energy right away, it's that compound effect. You just want to feel like that all the time. So now they're hooked and now they're yeah. ready to implement the next five weeks because they've just realized how much better they can feel after one week, after one habit, they want to see how they can feel at the end of six weeks. So now they're they're in this with me, which is amazing to see. I, I do get the clients that life happens. So yeah, fall off. Tra- I mean, it's not even falling off track, but they might forget some of the habits for a week because things might be a little bit stressful. Like things happen mm-hmm. in families and at work and, and that's life. So I just meet them where they're at and we just start back with one habit. So we're always kind of doing the basics, just like the little things, the one step at the time. Yeah, I love it. And I and the reason that I asked you this is because I think that your clientele in particular, um, I don't know if difference a word, but you know, I know myself personally, if I was like friggin' exhausted and and I know I know other people that if if they if if burnout is what in fact they're suffering from and they're exhausted and they don't feel if they have time for this. I just, I want, I, I was just curious because I could see mm-hmm. them being like, you know, wanting just a quick fix and, and, and maybe literally burning out from doing the course <laughs> or, or working with you. You know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah. so good, good on you for, for tackling that because, um, I imagine that it would take a lot of energy just to try to change and to try to make yourself feel better. A hundred percent. And that's right? why it's so powerful starting with one single thing that makes the biggest difference in the way people feel because it honestly is just about them feeling a little bit better like marginally better realizing that they haven't felt this way in so long and now becoming addicted to that feeling so they just want to do more yes Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So I was, I was going to ask you, um, you know, can you give us some simple tips or hacks when we're feeling low energy or overwhelmed? And I think you already have. Um, it sounds like you would, you would recommend small steps. And we know mm-hmm. that one of those could be incorporating vegetables, fibrous vegetables into, into every meal. Are there a couple other small ones? That somebody could just do tomorrow? Yeah. Have breakfast. That's protein, fiber, and fat. So that could be eggs and avocado with some veggies. Like you could add onion or spinach or peppers or whatever that looks like. Or maybe it's a smoothie. Smoothies are actually a really great way to have breakfast and get your nutrients in because, because we're blending it. The whole foods are being broken down before we even get them into our stomach to be broken down. So that means that there's actually less work for our digestive system to do to mm. break it down, which means there's 
less energy being diverted to our digestive system. So we have more energy to do the things that we want to do. So smoothies are awesome for breakfast. Definitely recommend them. You can add, definitely need a, a source of protein. So protein powder, or you can make your own, um, something fibrous. So like chia seeds or flax seeds, a fat source. So it could be like coconut oil or almond butter or natural peanut butter, whatever that looks like. I always mm-hmm. add a vegetable. So it could be like a handful of spinach or people don't always get on board with this, but I love frozen cauliflower rice because it just adds fiber and a texture and you don't taste it at all. It takes over whatever flavor this smoothie is. Yeah. Or honestly, just eating regular meals throughout the day as well. Like there's still many of us that are stressed out. We might skip meals or we forget to eat or we just, we're grabbing that quick energy fix and we're just forgetting to fuel our body, but that actually creates more stress on the system. And our body doesn't actually know if we're going into famine or if we're just too busy and forgotten. Yeah. So reminding yourself to eat, like don't work through lunch, actually take that 30 minutes or hour, whatever that looks like. And maybe go out for a walk around the neighborhood. If people are working from home after they've eaten or before they've eaten or whatever is easiest and just being gentle with themselves, like adding a practice into the day that makes them feel like they're taking care of themselves. Just something relaxing. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Those are all fantastic tips that are very easy to incorporate into your everyday that people yeah. might not even think will help. And then suddenly they're going to try one for the week next week and just be like, wow, I, I already feel better. So yeah. really appreciate that. And and thanks for laying out that it doesn't have to be the most difficult thing. Yeah. Um, that's to- yes. And it's something that I'm trying to uh, a point that I'm trying to put, to put out there on, on this, on this podcast platform is just that health and wellness doesn't have to be as hard as, as it's made out to be. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jetta, what, so, you know, everybody I'm talking to, most people I'm talking to are super into health and wellness already. So we know that, you know, you probably love self-care, but if you could nail down just one thing, it doesn't have to be your absolute favorite, but what is, what is one of your favorite things that you do for self-care? Okay. So I'm one of those people that have always loved the idea of meditation, but I've never in my life been able to get into it and stick Mm. to a practice. Mm. But just recently in the last, I want to say it's only been like two months, I've gotten into this practice where as soon as I wake up in the morning, I mean, everyone, when they wake up in the morning has to go to the bathroom first. So I always go to yeah. the bathroom, <laughs> I get back into bed and I actually don't sleep with my phone in my room. So I go and I get my phone, I bring it into bed and I meditate for 20 minutes. I have 20. Bed. That's long. Good for you. And I, I wake up earlier to make sure that I have time to do that before I need to get up and go. And I never thought I'd be able to implement this practice in my life, but it has stuck and it's made the biggest difference in my day. I basically visualize in my meditation how my day is going to go. And it has been an absolute game changer. I cannot so, believe I didn't start earlier. Jenna, you said that you go and get your phone. So are you listening to a guided meditation? I am. Yeah, it's called the Silva method. So it basically it's a deep relaxation that brings you into alpha brain waves. So that's what I've been really focusing on. And it's so cool. It is awesome. 
Awesome. I'm going to attach that in the show notes and I'm going to check it out myself because definitely, you know, yeah, meditation is something that I'm trying to get into. And I have found a couple that are like 10 minutes that I can, I've been able to handle. And often it's laying down and not for me sitting up is, I can't sit still. So I find laying down is, is, a is, is a way around that. So why does it, I just, this is supposed to be a short answer, but now I'm intrigued. So (laughs) what, what, like, what makes you feel so good for the rest of the day after doing that? So it's a deep relaxation and you're basically in alpha. So most of us spend our days in Delta brainwave. So when you're like right now, we're both in Delta, we're both thinking and alert. And alpha is that state in between being awake and asleep. And so what this meditation teaches you is to, it's to be awake and completely alert, but it gets you into alpha. So it's like you've been sleeping, but you're alert and you're planning out your day, which Whoa. is, it's mind blowing. <laughs> I know. I'll send you the link so you can attach it to the show. Notes. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I, I feel like I'm definitely going to check that out. And I feel like some uh, other people might be into that too. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been uh, a slice. I mean, I'm so glad that, that I, that I found you and that we connected and that, um, you agreed to do the podcast because this is a topic that is affecting so many people uh, as we talked about always, but I think especially right now um, during this pandemic and uh, to every degree, to moms, to dads, to people with jobs, to people that don't have lost their jobs, to people that have, I don't know, they're, they're hustling, trying to get by and there's just, there's burnout can affect freaking everyone right now so it was a very important topic and um you gave us a lot to think about you gave us a lot of great um small steps that that we can start to take in in our own life um towards healing and uh and yeah now we know that that uh the information's at our fingertips so if people want to reach out to you jenna where can they find you yeah, you can find me predominantly on Instagram. That's where I hang out. Mm-hmm. My name is Jenna Schiller on there, or you can search the good vibes girl with periods in between each word, or you can find my website at jennaschiller.com. Perfect. And I will also attach those in the show notes uh, so people can reach out to you if, if they want to, which they probably will. Awesome. Um, so thank you so much again, Jenna. And I can't wait to meet you in person one day around town. Jenna's from Collingwood. Um, and uh, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. That was great. Awesome. Take care. Thanks for being here, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you were able to gain some new insight and knowledge into wellness. The goal here is to develop habits for long-term success in health and happiness. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe and follow and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue our shift into wellness, support each other along the way, and be the best we can be from the inside out.